The mainstream news media has been following the work of the Trump transition team closely and reacting to each new appointment with a serious, subjective, high-pitched shriek of panic while lying on the floor in a puddle of their own urine and tears, kicking their feet and sobbing loudly. As NBC commentator Melanie Hysteria put it, quote, I can't even death everywhere, mommy, mommy, someone save us, end of the world, oh my God, unquote. Some of you may be wondering, where are these journalists getting their inside information on Trump's selections? Well, I'm here to answer your question. Actually, I'm here because my clothes are in the laundromat next door, but while I'm here, I'll answer your question. The mainstream media actually share an information sheet entitled A Democrat's Guide to the Trump Appointments. Written by Nancy Pelosi's assistant, Igor the Humpback, the Democrat's Guide gives a handy thumbnail sketch of each appointment so that journalists can report this information instead of telling the truth. Here are some selections from the list. Ben Carson, Housing and Urban Development. Carson masquerades as a black man, but worked his way out of poverty to become a brain surgeon, so does not have the true sense of victimhood needed to qualify as a Democrat-certified member of the Negro race. What's more, Carson belongs to a bizarre cannibalistic religious cult in which worshippers eat the blood and flesh of a god who was crucified but came back to life. We expect this surgeon to cut away the subsidized housing that keeps our wonderful Democrat Negroes dependent on us for handouts. For the sake of mankind, he must be stopped. Stephen Bannon, Chief Strategist. Bannon is a hideous winged creature who resembles a cross between a gigantic bat and a punch in the mouth. He dwells in unholy darkness beneath the pavements of Los Angeles, emerging by night to drink the blood of Jews. Now, of course, some Democrats might think this could be useful in reducing American support for the apartheid state of Israel. Unfortunately, Bannon's anti-Semitism isn't good left-wing anti-Semitism that merely seeks to destroy the Jewish homeland. Bannon practices evil right-wing anti-Semitism that manifests itself by giving support to Israel and hiring and befriending Jews. Tom Price, Health Secretary. Price lives alone in a Gothic mansion where he wanders muttering through his extensive collection of the heads of gay people suspended in formaldehyde. He expresses his twisted evil by being anti-choice, especially if the choice you make is to kill a baby. Price has vowed to repeal Obamacare and hunt down every lawmaker who voted for it so that they'll one day wake up to find him standing over their bed, illuminated by a flash of lightning and holding an axe. The Democrat informational guide goes on, but I think this selection explains the mainstream media's transition reporting. In the words of CNN anchorman Wolf Mendacity, quote, If this is, I don't know, somebody kill me, I think my head's on fire, everywhere is hell, kill me now please, this is CNN, the most trusted name in news. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Claven, and this is The Andrew Claven Show. And speaking of tickety boo, if you are driving home and you get a tickety, you will be saying boo hoo, especially because one of the things we hate about this is that a lot of these tickets, you know, nobody wants you to drive unsafely. We don't want you to drive too fast, but a lot of these 
speed traps are just set up to increase the money you pay to the state. So you're, you know, you're driving perfectly safely and the cop is just waiting for you to cross that line. So our sponsor, Rocky Mountain Radar, has the fix. They are offering 50% off their products if, if, and only if, you go to RockyMountainRadar.com slash Andrew. You have to put in that slash Andrew to get the 50% off. These are exclusively the only radar devices that include both radar and laser scrambling technology. Okay, so you not only can tell where the comp is, you can scramble his radar for a while, so you have time to slow down before he gives you the ticket. Now, this thing was developed by a guy named Mike. I talked to him for a long time on the phone. He used to work in the defense industry, and his job was making devices that made guided missiles miss their target. So you would shoot at the fighter jet as it was going by. Mike was there building these little boxes that would make the missile go like, I don't know where I'm going, right? So Mike figured, hey, if I can do this, if I can keep a fighter jet from being blown out of the sky, I can keep these radar guns from getting a good reading on you before you have a chance to slow down. So he started to invent this, these boxes, these amazing boxes that include both radar and laser scrambling technology. Now, the guys back this. Not only will they give you 50% off if you go to the uh, RockyMountainRadar.com slash Andrew, not only will they give you that, but when you register your device, they back these things so much that you will qualify for their ticket rebate program. If you get a ticket within the first year of owning your Scrambler, Rocky Mountain Radar will pay the price of your ticket. Some exceptions apply if you're traveling 150 miles an hour. The cop doesn't need the radar. He can see that you're speeding. And don't do that, okay, (laughs) because that's not smart. But but you can find all the details at RockyMountainRadar.com slash Andrew and get 50% off the best scramblers and detec- detectors available. You also, it comes with like a three-year warranty too, so it's like pretty well backed up. So go to RockyMountainRadar.com slash Andrew, 50% off top-of-the-line equipment. This is stealth technology for your car, all right? You can even put wings on your car. It makes it all the more fashionable. All right, we're going to have John Nolte, the Noltonator, is going to come on in a little while. That's after we lose you from Facebook and YouTube. But you can come over to thedailywire.com and see that. We're going to talk to him about the media. You know, the the Trump transition has now fallen into a recognizable pattern. This is every day this, this happens. Step one, Trump makes good appointments. He really makes good. He's really been making good appointments. And the appointments signaled that he meant what he said pretty much when he was on the campaign trail. So yesterday he appointed Oklahoma Attorney General Scott, Oklahoma Attorney General Scott Pruitt to head the EPA. And Pruitt is a guy who was part of a lawsuit to shut down some of the EPA's lawless regulations that it has been spreading through the the uh, length of the Obama administration. This stuff, you know, a lot of you guys, if you don't run a business, you don't know about this, but the EPA has tried to seize the right to define what a waterway is because the EPA has regulatory rights over waterways. So, like, basically they say, well, if you fill up your sink to shave, that is a waterway, and now we can tell you what to do. And they've been trying all this stuff and trying to, they have this clean power plan that's been shutting down coal, making it too expensive for coal. A lot of these plans have been held up by judges. The judges saying, hey, you, know, you can't just decide that you can regulate every puddle in America, you know, and they've been holding it up. But this guy, Scott Pruitt, good choice because he is a He knows that this climate change thing is a hoax. It's not that the climate's not changing. It's that this array of left-wing wish list policies is not going to have any effect on it. So he is a great guy. 
I, I mean, if it were if it were my choice, I would appoint like a Muslim terrorist to head the EPA. I would appoint one of these guys who blows up buildings, like Mohammed Hichu. I would say like, yes, I go in and blow up everything. I kill the EPA. That would be my choice. But this guy is pretty good too. So that's step one. He's been making good appointments. Step two, the left goes nuts. And when we say the left, of course, we also mean most of our news sources who just start reporting, oh my God, the EPA, we're all going to die from climate change. That's that happened yesterday, too. I <laughs> saw so one tweet, like, this may be, I don't want to, at the risk of overstating this, this is the end of the world. <laughs> I, I, said, I don't know why you think that's overstating it. So that's step two. Step three, the right starts writing think pieces. Is this conservative? Is it uh, leading up to, you know, is it using conservative principles? Is he betraying our principles and all this stuff? And the only reason I haven't participated in that, and I've explained this before, but it's worth saying again, it's not that I don't share those principles. It's not that some of the things Trump does... Uh, don't make me nervous, they do. But politics doesn't take place here behind a microphone. It takes place in the arena. And in the arena, you compromise, you do things that you have to do to get enough popularity, enough political uh, weight to do the things that you want to do. Ronald Reagan did protectionist stuff. He put on like a 100% tariff on Japanese electronics, and he protected uh, auto workers and things like that, stuff that I would not recommend as policy. But it made him popular enough with Reagan Democrats that he had a lot of power. If Trump does things like this carrier deal, that I mean, the right has been writing about this carrier deal forever, and you just think, like, dude, it's like one thing that he did to get a little popularity going, to get some steam up. If he uses that popularity, if he uses that political weight to do conservative things, and we get step back and judge the whole administration, the administration as a whole, and the direction it's going, then we can start to say, yes, this is a good direction, or this is a bad direction. So that's step three. Step two, the left goes nuts. Step three, the right goes on. Step four, Trump then does something that makes you sick to your stomach. <laughs> This is the other thing. He keeps doing this stuff. You know, just as I'm saying, like, everybody calm down. Yesterday, what did he do? Somebody, some guy, carrier union guy, criticized him and he attacks him on Twitter. You know, if you're going to be the president of the United States, don't punch down, you know, don't be attacked. And, and everything is down. It's one thing to go after Saturday Night Live, to go after the left's cultural monopoly that they use, you know, with impunity against us all the time. That's one thing. But you just don't go attacking everybody. He also met with Leonardo DiCaprio on climate change. I mean, he was great in Titanic. He really was. But like, I don't care what he thinks about climate change. So that's the, that's the four-step transition. This is happening every day. Good appointments. Left goes crazy. White, right gets uh, over-concerned. And Donald Trump then does something that makes us nauseous. So, so that's going on. And if you want to you get a great idea of what effect this is having on people, Jimmy Kimmel who has been hitting Trump, and he just says, oh, he's so extreme, all his appointments are extreme. He sent one of his people out to interview people on the street and ask them what he, they thought of Trump's appointments and pretending that Trump's appointments are supervillains from comics, okay, from the comics. So here's a, a, a cut of that. What do you think about Trump appointing Dr. Otto Octavius as head of the CDC? I do not agree with him. And do you think that he'll have all eight of his hands in the pockets of pharmaceutical companies? Yes, I do. How come? I believe that Trump would allow him to. He would give him that authority. What do you think about Trump appointing Edward Nigma for the Department of Education? Um, I actually th think that's a great idea for, for our election, yeah. Trump is trying to diversify the gender makeup of his cabinet. So do you think his appointment of Harley Quinn was a good choice given that she has volatile mental health issues? No. Is it a good choice to have her as Secretary of Health and Human Services? No, no. I, no, if she's got her own issues, I don't know that she'll make 
good decisions. Harvey Dent has an experience as a district attorney, but he's been accused of flip-flopping on key issues. Do you think, do you trust him or do you think he's a little bit two-faced to be attorney general? I think he's a little bit two-faced to be attorney general. Now, what, what they don't tell you is that the people they're interviewing uh, are all journalists for CNN. They don't. <laughs> you know what bothers me about this is not only do these guys not know who's really getting appointed, they don't know who the supervillains are. The guy's yeah. asking him, <laughs> like, and he approved. I like the guy who said, yeah, the, the Riddler, good choice, you know. <laughs> so nobody is listening. Nobody is listening to this. I mean, why, you know, it's Christmas time. People are worried about, you know, buying presents for their families and getting together with their, you know, parents without killing them and all this stuff. And, and this is you know the news is the news media is just spewing out this panic and this verbiage that no one's paying attention to and they realize they realize that they have lost their authority they have lost their power to sway the people because we no longer care what they think and to strike back they they are there is now a move afoot, and it is one of these it is a really pernicious thing because it's widespread and at the same time it's it's quiet this move to silence the right. They're going to do it. They're going to try and do it through algorithms that cut people out of search searches on uh, Google and things like this. And they're going to do it by defining hate speech as right-wing speech. Anytime a right-winger opens his mouth, they're going to be banned from social media. And the big thing that the press is selling, this, this fading media, this fading news media that sold its integrity and now has lost it's, uh, you know, it, it's lost its power to sway people because it's lied to us for so long. The, the other thing they're doing is they're selling this fake news idea. This, oh, they must protect us. We must be protected from fake news. And they got a big boost last weekend when a guy walked into Comet Ping Pong in Washington, D.C. and let off a round from his shotgun because there has been this fake news story, this conspiracy story, uh, Comet Ping Pong is a, a pizza parlor and a uh, concert venue in Washington, D.C., very popular, very popular with the left. They were talking to Hillary Clinton, to John Podesta about a fundraising deal, and somehow this got spun out into this conspiracy theory where Hillary Clinton and John Podesta were selling children into sex slavery and satanic sex slavery underneath the pizza. There were tunnels underneath the pizza parlor and all this. Total baloney, absolute baloney. You know, and, and the kind of thing that Alex Jones picks up, that, you know, that guy, that guy, that's another thing Trump does that makes me a little nauseous when he gets in touch with Alex Jones. You know, this guy, this guy is a loon and they sell this stuff. And so one poor schmuck believes in this and goes in there with a rifle. He says he's going to investigate. He's going to investigate, and he lets off a gun. Uh, he lets off a gunshot. And the worst thing about this, the most dangerous thing about this, is one of the people spreading this false story was the son of Michael Flynn, the uh, guy who's going to be the uh, uh, national security advisor for Trump. And this guy, Michael Flynn Jr., was working with his father during the transition. He had been put in for security clearance, and they fired him. They got rid of him. They said, we can't have this going on. This is a distraction. And they got rid of him. And we're going to talk about more about this, and we're going to have John Nolte on, one of the best observers of the media, and we'll talk to him more about this after we say goodbye to our friends on Facebook and YouTube. Come on over to the dailywire.com and subscribe, and you can watch the whole thing on the site and be part of the mailbag. We had a great mailbag yesterday, answered all your questions, your, improved your life. You can be part of that if you just subscribe. Come on over.
So before we get to John Nolte, I just want to say this about these false news sites. There are these people who generate false news. A lot of them, by the way, are left-wingers. Some of them are left-wingers who are just trying to prove that right-wingers are gullible and all this. But, but let's not forget where so many false news stories come from. I mean, let us not forget Dan Rather, remember, with his thing about George W. Bush went AWOL in the 1970s, and this was supposed to be a crushing story. You know, this is 2004, before the 2004 election. He was so, Dan Rather was so desperate to get that story that George W. Bush, who, by the way, got an honorable discharge from the Air National Guard, the Texas Air National Guard, so there is no proof that he was went AWOL, but he said he had this story. He find, he got these documents, and the documents were exposed within minutes by people on the Internet. And this is where, you know, I work for Pajamas Media sometimes. This is where the idea of pajamas came from, because somebody said, well, these are just bloggers in their pajamas. That's because the news media wasn't doing their job. Dan Rather was selling these false documents. He finally had to resign. He is still claiming, he is still claiming, well, the documents were fake, but the story was accurate, and CBS didn't back me. Robert Redford makes a movie about this called Truth, in which he becomes a hero for peddling these fake documents. So that's a false news story. Let's not forget Hands Up, Don't Shoot, the Ferguson, uh, Michael Brown, who was killed by a, a white cop, a black guy killed by a white cop in Ferguson. Hands Up, Don't Shoot. Remember Sally Cohn on CNN lifting her hands up? We're with you. We're with you. Never happened. Never happened. Let's not forget the NBC uh, editing of the George Zimmerman, Trayvon Martin tape, when George Zimmerman called 911 before he got in that fatal fight with uh, Trayvon Martin, and they edited the tape. I mean, we, we actually, do we have those? We play the first one. This is the original call. There's a real suspicious guy. It's uh, retreating circle. Um, the best address I can give you is 111 retreating circle. This guy looks like he's up to no good or he's on drugs or something. It's raining and he's just walking around looking about. Okay, and this guy, is he white, black, or Hispanic? He looks black. Did you see what he was wearing? Yeah, a dark hoodie, like a gray hoodie, and either jeans or sweatpants and white tennis shoes. Okay, and here's the, what they edited it to say. This guy looks like he's up to no good. He looks black. Did you see what he was wearing? Yeah, a dark hoodie. <laughs> so they made it sound like Zimmerman. Zimmerman was like the first thing he says, oh, it looks black. It's really bad. That's fake news. And let us not forget. And, and by the way, from these things came Black Lives Matter, came the riots in Ferguson in St. Louis, came the killings of, of police, came the killings of black people because the police have stood down because they're afraid to do their jobs, because they're afraid they'll get, you know, prosecuted for murder, all those things, that's that's what the fake news from the mainstream media has produced. I mean, a guy goes into a pizza parlor and lets off a round of a shotgun. That's bad, and thank God nobody was hurt. But people have been hurt, have been killed by this fake news that the mainstream media has been spreading around. And let's not forget the biggest fake news story of all. Let's play that uh, the climate change thing. And other storms like Superstorm Sandy, floods, droughts, uh, we expect there to be a lot of focus on climate change. Global warming deniers say, look, there's snow in the winter. Nothing to worry about. This while well, we got the biggest state in the union becoming a desert right in front of our eyes. Now, if you go outside, there's tons of snow and it's really cold. It makes you think that global warming is a hoax. Right. I understand that that's naive, but why is it naive? It's not just about global warming in one way. It's about extremes. You've got big drought out there, big snow here. 
So because these guys have lied and lied and lied, they have lost their power, and that is what we want to talk to the Noltonator. John Nolte, is Nolte here? There, there's that hairy face. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, buddy. How are you? <laughs> All right. Hey, welcome to the Daily Wire. You now work for the Daily Wire. It's official. I'm officially employed again. I have a job again. I can hardly believe it. You have almost made this place respectable. I'm working I'm working to stop that, but, you know, you've almost <laughs> let, raised Can't us have. to the <laughs> so. Can't have. So you wrote a piece. You have been, seriously, one of the best observers of the mainstream media. I mean, you, you are so precise in describing what they do and how they peddle untruths and stuff like this. And we know you're, you're right because your Twitter handle is CNN is Hitler. Is that still your... Uh, <laughs> that's still I think it's CNN is Hitler Maximus. Now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're, we're doubling down, all right. <laughs> you wrote a piece called How Trump Turned the National Media into Impotent Hecklers. And I just want to read the first couple of sentences. Savor it. It finally happened. The national media no longer matters. The entire institution has been rendered as irrelevant as a drunken fan in the cheap seats pretending to know more about the game than Kobe. Sure, the media might still have the power to annoy, but as far as how the players play, the institution is now just, well, belligerent jerks with no power, no sway, no influence. How did that happen? Well, I think you just pointed it out uh, well when you went through this history of stories, all this fake news the media has been peddling over the years. But I think that the tipping point was the Trump election because the media went on the front pages. The front page of The New York Times said, we got to stop this guy. Pretty much every page of The Washington Post said, we got to stop this guy. Two cable news networks totally devoted to stopping this guy. Uh, all the news programs. It was, they threw every, not that he didn't have some coming, but, but they threw every kitchen sink they had at him. And in the end, they not only failed to stop him and prove that they don't have any power, prove, prove, to, the, prove to the entire world that they don't have any sway, but they told us he had no chance of winning. So before the election, about 30% of the American people had trust in the, American, in, in the media. And those were all Democrats. So imagine, imagine what that poll number looks like now when you see that, um, that when, when Democrats were told, hey, don't worry about it. You could be serene through this election because he's going to lose. But basically, it just we, I used to worry. On November 7th, I worried that the media could sway public opinion. And on November 9th, I stopped worrying about that. And I think, I think the scales fell from our eyes. And what kept the media in power was their illusion of power. Huh. And that illusion of power has now been shattered. And it's still happening. I put up a piece of the Daily Wire today. 69% of the American people think Trump should be able to keep his business. I mean, and what's been the major campaign since the election? They've been trying to attack him over conflict of interest. So not only has his approval rating jumped to 50% from 33%, but 70 percent, I mean, the American people agree on nothing, but 70 percent believe that he should be able to keep his business. So even that narrative has failed. No one is listening to them anymore. And it's probably worse. I think we're rebelling against them. I think if they say it's black, we're going to say it's white. And that is a big problem for them, but it's very good for America. Well, let me ask you about that. Now, here, can we play a cut so that John can hear it? Okay, here's, here's Megyn Kelly on NPR. She has a cold, so she sounds like Tallulah Bankhead. But she, she is saying, she is saying that th there's a danger to this. Let's, let's play that cut. I do worry about the press and a President Trump. You know, I, 
I think it's dangerous, the entire delegitimization that he's engaged in against all of the media, because the people, as much as it's fun to hate us, they do need us. You know, they need good, strong, skeptical journalists to be covering whoever it is, whether it's Barack Obama or President Donald Trump. And we're in a dangerous phase right now where too many millions of Americans aren't listening at all to what the press tells them. Uh, and that, that concerns me. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know if the audience could see that, but uh, John was indicating uh, that the, you disagree with this. You, you disagree. I can't hear you now. I can't hear oh, you. He can't, he can't hear me. Wait a minute. How about that? How about now? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, so you were indicating that you disagree with what she said. Yeah, it's just the, the media is utterly and totally corrupt. There is nothing there that is good for America. And yeah, yeah, it's in a perfect world if the media was as she describes it. Yeah, that, that would be a loss. But we've lost nothing except a bunch of a gang of left wing liars. And you have to look at it with some perspective, too. Look at the last hundred years, presidential misbehavior over the last hundred years. Probably the worst thing any president has done was when Roosevelt interred the Japanese. And then you got Watergate, and then you got these second tier scandals like Clinton's perjury and Iran Contra and Obama's IRS. And I'm not trying to mitigate those scandals, but but no one has died due to those scandals. Not a single person has died. And now presidents have made mistakes, but that's a different issue. But no one has died due to a presidential scandal. Just look at what the media has done in the last few years with this hands up, don't shoot lie, with this, with these, with this lie about the police hunting uh, black men. How many people have died? How many people have lost their jobs because businesses have been burned out in riots? So, I mean, if I were given the choice between 100 Watergates and one CNN, I would choose the Watergates in a heartbeat because, because CNN is murdering people. People are dying because of CNN. And the other thing is this. We, as a republic, we have already survived eight years with a media that is completely uninterested (laughs) in rooting out presidential scandals. In fact, we have a media that is only interested in protecting the president from those scandals. So how did those scandals come out? They came out because of whistleblowers. They came out because of WikiLeaks. They came out because of congressional investigations. They came out because of guys like Peter Schweitzer looking into uh, uh, Hillary Clinton's foundation. And guys like you and I, uh, Drew, in new media, pushing this, asking questions, writing stories, not letting the media off the hook. I mean, if it was up to the media, the only person who would have paid a price for Benghazi would have been Mitt Romney, who they beat up for the way he handled it for nine days. So we have managed to live without a media interested in scandal for eight years. And yet scandals have been uh, reported, they've gotten out, they've damaged politicians, especially Hillary Clinton, because there is a completely different infrastructure in place, which is still going to be there under Donald Trump, uh, to make sure these things don't happen. And, and that's the infrastructure with this fake, fake news thing. That's the infrastructure they're trying to shut down. Is right. I mean? And all fake news is it's the new McCarthyism. You know, yeah. Yeah. communism is bad. But bad people used communism to shut liberals up in the 50s. And was, if you have fake news, I kind of like fake news, to be honest with you. I think, <laughs> I think it just trolls the hell out of the right. I mean, out of the left, it trolls the media, it wastes their time. It just, it's, I would never spread fake news, um, but, I, but I do 
I, I kind of like the fact that it does to the media and it does to the left what the media does to us. I'm not going to lie about it. But but fake news, it's just it's just a, the sheep's clothing so that the media and their social uh, their social media partners like Facebook and whatnot, they can censor us. That's all it is. It's just going to be a big blacklist. Thankfully, it's not going to work. We're going to go around them and it's not they're not going to get away with it. Very cool. Listen, let, let me ask you one last question before I have to go. Um, you were a Trump supporter. I had you on to talk about that when I was having serious doubts. I still have uh, serious concerns, but I've been I've been quite delighted with what's happening so far, even though nothing essentially has happened so far, but with the picks that he's made. How are you feeling about it? I, I like everything that he's doing. I, I like the fact that he's tweeting. Um, yeah. I like the fact that he's fighting the media's norms. I know, it, I know it drives some people crazy, but I like that. I like that he's fighting back, and I like that he's um, that he's, I love the, the cabinet picks that he's making. The only thing I wish he would do more is talk more about that big, beautiful wall. Um, that, <laughs> yeah, it, he's kind of lost that uh, a little bit, hasn't he? Yeah, I, I mean, he mentions it in these rallies that he's done, and I love the rallies that he's doing. I love the permanent campaign. Basically, he's our Obama. He's doing everything to the right and to the, me- to the left and to the media that Obama did to us. And I think he's proving to be a very good manager, and I think he's a political genius. I've always thought that. Um, so for the most part, I'm, I'm very impressed. But the, the main thing I want him to do is build the wall. So I hope we'll, we will hear more about that. Well, uh, John, you've been right about so much. So we'd like to bring you on to this show for a change of pace. You know, so have somebody say something that's true instead of me just ranting <laughs> well, off. <thank> you. <laughs> anyway, it's great to see you. I hope you'll come back and talk about this more. I think, I think the media uh, are going to be a big, big subject uh, going forward. Yeah, anytime. And enjoy their fall. It's a, it is, it's the healthiest thing that's happened to this country in a very long time. Good, good to hear. All right. It's great to see you. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. You know, I think one of the things that really is happening is that the establishment is losing its grip. And that can be a dangerous thing. Whenever there's a revolution, you know, it's always we don't know what's coming next. And that can, that can be dangerous. But even worse, even worse would have been to simply sink further and further and further, without almost without even knowing it, into the kind of Democrat, socialist slavery and dishonesty and government corruption that we were headed for with Hillary Clinton. You know, PGA O'Rourke said he was going to vote for Hillary Clinton because uh, he's a conservative, but he was going to vote for Hillary Clinton because, as he put it, she was bad, she was horrible, but she was horrible within normal parameters. Well, horrible shouldn't be within normal parameters, and that was the thing that bothered me most about Hillary, was that I felt we didn't feel her evil the way we felt the mistake mistakes and the bad things that Donald Trump did. And I would rather be alert to those mistakes. I'd rather yell at Donald Trump because I see him doing something wrong than just feel that we're slipping and sliding into this world of government corruption, of of Tammany Hall politics bucked up to the federal level. So I, I really do think we have dodged a bullet. And I think it's the same thing with the media. They, you know, they lie to us and you you get so used to it you stop thinking about it, and now suddenly we're all thinking about it, and it's all very clear. Anyway, always great to talk to the Nultimator, one of, really one of the great observers of the press, and uh, he has kept his he has kept his attitude. I like that he's up he, uh, he's up the CNN as Hitler uh, meme. Yeah, so that's, yeah. <laughs> that's good. All right, that's it. That's the end of the week, isn't it? It's Thursday already. My God, the Clavenless weekend is upon us. I can't even think. I don't even want to think what's going to happen next. Although, you know, these last Clavenless weekends, they've been falling on the right people. You know, they've been yeah, falling on Fidel Castro. You know, if Fidel Castro has a Clavenless weekend, that's okay with me. You know, <laughs> not, not, so, so maybe, so maybe the uh, the finger uh, of fate will move on. Let us go out with the Pentatonics, one of my favorite favorite acapella groups, one of the great 
they do great Christmas albums every year. It has become one of the highlights of my Christmas when they bring out their Christmas album. This is what Christians look like nowadays. Some, sometimes when I watch these guys, I just want to go and take all their tattoos and stuff off. You know, it's like, it's like clean yourselves up. But God love them. They make beautiful music. I'll see you on Monday. I'm Andrew Claven. This is The Andrew Claven Show. Joy to the world. Joy to the world.